0: This episode is made possible by our main sponsor, Troy Thompson from LJ Hooker Gun Garland. As you may or may not know, Troy played 156 first grade NRL games for the Canberra Raiders, which means he's a team player and he'll help you tackle all of your home buying and selling goals in the Gungahlin area. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life and Sport podcast, and we're joined by a very special guest. He's been nice enough to let us use a meeting room in Triple M Studios on the Gold Coast. He's an AFL legend, in my opinion. I grew up watching him, being absolutely mesmerized watching him on the field. His name's Peter Spider Everett. How's your morning going yeah. so far?
1: Oh, it's, yeah, it's good. I'm here. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, yeah, I'll I'm on the Gold Coast, so uh, it can't get any better. I think we've had a, a big couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, look, there's so much happening on the Gold Coast each and every week, and you know, everyone always traveling here,
0: there, and everywhere, so yeah, love it. No, absolutely. It's so good. Like, last weekend, we had the Gold Coast 500. The first question, obviously, is definitely a, a stitch-up by our brother, Dre, because okay. um, obviously the last guest asks a question to be the first question for the next episode, and his was, can you name all of your 19 nieces and nephews? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Um, no, i got no hope. I wouldn't have, I
1: know there's Jake and Madison and Emerson. Yep. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I, you know what? If I start naming them, I'm going to forget. I wouldn't have a clue. big <laughs> yeah. Yeah, But I've got, you know what I used to do? Cause there's so many of them. Yeah. And I, I, I struggle to remember my own kids' names, <laughs> let alone my nieces and nephews. But what I used to do was I'd buy them all a bigger Christmas present. Yep. Because I say, look, I've got no hope of remembering your birthday yeah <laughs> so at least i know what day christmas is that's exactly it. and i'll buy you a bigger christmas present so yeah. normally it was pretty easy back in the day because i'd leave st Kilda, i went to hawthorne so i brought them all a hawthorne jumper and then i went to sydney so i brought them all a sydney jumper yeah uh and then you'd have you know 18 kids running around with a hawthorne jumper on christmas <laughs> day
0: or a sydney jumper on but yeah that was yeah I yeah what well andre i would have no <laughs> idea no, that's fair enough. And one question I also want to ask before we get started about your career is um, I saw t- an article like from 2010 ago back when Dre signed with the Swans. Um, but Dre said that you guys didn't and don't really talk footy much in general in, in your careers. But the Swans said that, you know, he went to you for advice as to whether he should sign for the Swans. Is that true or not? Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, no, we never really like, yeah, there's a big age that gap Absolutely, between yes. us. Yeah. You know, I'd already started playing Um, you know, footy, and uh, I
0: kind of move out of home before, you know, he was kind of walking. Literally, he said he was about three by the time when you were playing AFL sort of
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. So when he was, yeah, eight, nine, ten, absolutely, it was was great. And, uh, you know, didn't really talk a lot of footy because he used to play junior footy. I'd go down and take some clinics, but he wasn't really into, you know, the AFL. And and then he started uh, really making some big inroads. And just when he was thinking about going to Sydney, he just rang me and asked me what it was like, what he thought, what I thought of the place, would it be a good fit for him? Um, okay. And absolutely, I thought it would be. And it, and it was. Um, so, yeah. So, that was really
0: the the most footy we really talked. No, that's fair enough. I mean, it's also good because, as he, as you said, he had an older brother who's been in the AFL system for a while at the time. And he could, you know, get your advice about a club that you've been to that's offering interest. And he loved it at the Swans, as I'm sure you're you're well aware. Absolutely. But let's get started on your, you know, your junior footy, your your grassroots. Is actually from Mornington, which is where my grandparents are from. I've been down Mornington Peninsula more times than I can count. It's a lovely part of the world. Um, did you grow up there or was it just a place you were born sort of thing?
1: Yeah, no, I uh, we started, it was it was funny because we were down around, you know, the Mornings Peninsula and yep. then we moved up to Wonturna Yep, and played at the Wonturna Devils. That was their first every, every year. I was oh, okay. yeah. early 80s and I was under nines. Uh, and actually in the same team as me in the under nines. And we used to live three doors up from each other yep. in Roehampton Avenue. There was myself two doors down was uh Raiden Tallis, who yep. played uh 120, 130 odd games for Hawthorne. Yep. And then two houses up from there was Chris Curran, who played 150 odd games yep. at uh at Collingwood. Yeah, wow. So and we all grew up playing for the Winterna Devils. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So and then uh we moved with dad's job and everything, and we ended up moving yep. down to the uh Mornington Peninsula, yep. and we grew up well, you know, you've been down the Mornington Peninsula. I yeah. bet you, you
0: went the nice side, whether it's Mornington and Mount Martha and Mount Eliza. Well, Mount Martha Golf course. I've played there heaps of times yeah. with my grandfather, but my, my grandparents lived near obviously you may know Benton Square, oh, Bentons yeah. Road. Yeah. They, they live sort of around there, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm on the totally the up,
1: other side of oh, the okay. peninsula. I'm on yep. the dodgy side. Oh, okay. Crib yep. point, Hastings. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. I know where those are. Yep. <laughs> the dodgy side. That was my side. Okay. Uh, and I went to um you know I went to Crib Point primary and you know got involved with the Crip Point footy club, the Collingwood colors, the magpies. I am
0: a Collingwood fan for reference. So it's good to hear that you played at some point for a magpies team. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. And then, um, yeah. And then, you know, end up going to Hastings and then getting picked up from there.
0: So yeah, really my junior footy was more so around that
1: Crib Point footy
0: club. Yeah. So definitely around the Mornington Peninsula, Yeah, because there was nowhere that I could find, obviously Wikipedia isn't really too great for facts or anything, but all they said about your early life was born in Mornington and, and moved to one Turner. And I'm like, what the fuck can I yeah. go off from there? Yeah. So I was like, I'll ask him about Mornington and see if it, if it went around there, which it Absolutely. ended Absolutely. And that. for those people who were around
1: there and listen, you know, you used to have your tan eyes, who were the scary ones. Yeah. Um, Crip Point were, you know, we were always the easy team to beat. Hastings were. Well, scary. the easy team,
0: you ended up producing three AFL stars yourself, Chris, and um, who was the other one? Yeah, Ryan and Tullis. Yeah, and that, was turner, yeah oh, so. that was one Turner. Yeah. Oh, that's one Yeah, that's right. Um, so obviously, Gar- going forward from your grassroots footy in one Turner and uh, you know, the Morningston area, you got draft, well, not drafted, not draft, but you got picked up, you know, sort of thing by St. Kilda played 180 games for St. Kilda. First of all, what was it like going from grassroots footy into a massive system such as the AFL? Well,
1: it was interesting for me when we first started, because this was actually before the draft, this yeah. was when they were still zoned. So, yeah. I played with uh, beads in my hair one day against Frankston Hastings versus Frankston. Frankston's the,
0: a big club, is, as yeah. anyone will know.
1: and the coach from Frankston, uh, he coached the under-19s and his sons played there and I played against him and then he asked me to come down to come down to, uh, Moorabbin for the under-19s. So I played at St Kilda under-19s, a few games for them and then they kept, Cut that at the end of the year, yep. And they said, "Oh, do you want to stay on? We'll put you on the list to hopefully uh, improve to play reserves." Yep. So that was in, um, you know, '92. I was lucky enough to play a few games in the reserves, and then '93 make my um, senior debut. So I was lucky. I was still under the the system where you know you had certain zones. So St Kilda's zone was the Mornington Peninsula, okay. and up towards Ballarat, where Danny okay. Frawley, yep. um, Tony Lockett, and these kind of guys come from.
0: I was wondering, do you know how or why St Kilda managed to get that? the Mornington area as that as their zone, I think it was just it pretty much ran
1: from Morabin all the way no, down. I, so then, you, yeah, you know, Carlton and Richmond and all you know, Geelong and every Melbourne, all the clubs had certain zones, yeah, around that they could Victoria. pick talent from. and that like. was pretty much VFL days before yeah. AFL, yeah, yeah, no,
0: absolutely. So that's really interesting because obviously, I was trying to find out if you were drafted or not, but yeah, that's. The, yeah, it's crazy to hear that they had zones big back, you know, NRL, if anyone's listening from Queensland or New South Wales, because big NRL states, there's not a draft, and it is somewhat still zoned to an extent. You know, they've got their feeder clubs, and those they come through the ranks of, of that way, not, you know. So it's kind of interesting to hear how the AFL was kind of like that back in, the, back in the day. And that's why a lot of the players come from,
1: you know, the same kind of areas. Yeah, so, yeah
0: absolutely. You know, you yeah. got people who you grew up with, and it's the same thing nowadays where you see, you know, the um, – dandenong and all those sort of those sort of clubs and the sandringham and all those sort of clubs you see players come through and they rep those private school clubs but you know that sort of stuff yeah um obviously you went on to play 180 games and kick 300 goals for saints then you went obviously through and traded to hawthorne what was the move like from st kilda to hawthorne
1: yeah it was it was interesting it's something that i need to do more personally than anything um i've to be honest, I probably made the front page of the paper a lot more times <laughs> than I uh, really wanted to. So, yeah. uh yeah, so I, I thought I was doing the, the work off the field and at training, and, uh, you know, I was playing pretty good, con- consistent footy, but, yeah. you know, I had a perception out there that I was a, a party boy, didn't really care, just, uh you know, just we're there for just fun rather than yeah. actually hard work. So I thought um, to change yeah, so that I thought, perception, you know what, I'll uh, try yeah. and just, Go to a different footy club and see how I go. Now, it was my initial um, intention was to go to Collingwood. Oh, we that would have been great. Would have loved to see you there. I had a meeting uh, with uh, Neil Balm and uh, you know the the hierarchy at the time, and we added my manager's uh, house, and uh, that was going to be the deal. You were with and,
0: a much needed ruckman, tall tall ruckman yeah, for sure. Well, it
1: was right before uh, you know Josh Fraser yep. and these blokes. So you sit there and go, okay, well, what do we what are we kind of do? And uh, we were going to do the deal. And then St Kilda, Grant Thomas, who was uh, in charge at the time, wouldn't do the deal with Collingwood. And you oh. didn't have a say like you do these days. You, yep. know? And you can't sit there and go, I'm homesick. Or, you know, you can't pick your club and say, oh, that's where I want to go. And the yep. clubs work it out. They they choose. They, yep. they own you. And they said, no, nah, this is where you're going to go because we gonna get the best deal. So yep. Yep. I ended up going to Hawthorne. Yep. So I went down there, which I was very grateful for as well, you know the family club. I had a uh, a young daughter, single dad at the time, so it was kind of a kind of perfect little fit as well. So it was it was it was good. It was something that um, you know I wanted to do,
0: and uh, you know played four years there and yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of those four years there, obviously there's an infamous photo of when you're at St Kilda against Hawthorne, which I've actually got in my bag. To anyone who's listening to this episode, I'll actually pop the image up on the screen now. Can you explain what that photo was and how like what came about in the story behind it?
1: Yeah, well, uh, we're playing Hawthorne against St Kilda and I yep. looked at Shane Crawford and yep. I gave him pretty much uh, two fingers up two fingers up saying you know, I'd just kick my second goal. Oh okay. And it put us 53 points up.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. But then yep. after that I gave uh, something happened. I gave Crawford a free kick yep he got a fifty, and then I gave a little bit more feedback, so yep. I got a hundred meters. yep, he kicked the goal, and they come back and beat us. Oh. So the second biggest comeback in AFL history yeah. is from, yeah, myself giving away 100 metres to Shane Crawford wow. and Hawthorne coming back to beat
0: us. So that photo is literally a little bit of a photos taken before it was a disaster. Absolutely. Sort of,
1: sort of thing. And then we didn't even go on. St Kilda went on to you know, the next 12 months really struggling in the third quarters. Wow. Yeah. We went on to really have that mental struggle yep. um, to get <laughs> that edge. So, wow. yeah, there's a lot of history behind it. Yeah, and that's what you love about seeing yeah. it photos back in the day that can, um, you know, take you back to certain Does moments. that
0: photo haunt you or does it like in retrospect make you laugh a bit now? Oh, it makes me laugh now, but yeah. not at the time. It yeah. haunted
1: me at the time. And absolutely. absolutely. And uh, <laughs> and the coaches and every player. So, yeah, no, I got drilled about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I can imagine.
0: I can imagine. Um, and obviously from Hawthorne, you then went to uh, Sydney of all places. So obviously packing up everything, you know, in Victoria all the way up to Sydney. What was that like?
1: Yeah, again, you know, I left Hawthorne. Um, you know, Alistair Clarkson had come in, he was getting a little uh rid of the older blokes. And yep. uh, you know, what he was what he did, you, you kind of sit back down and say, absolutely, did it for the right reason. We have four flags. Yeah, and, absolutely. You, know, you can't can't question that. But the time they were doing the transition, I you didn't know how long that transition was going to take, even yep. though they had a, you know, he walked into a gun Oh, absolutely. Hodge and Mitchell and Lewis and Bateman, and then you got roughhead and Lew, um Franklin and these players. So And he recruited well, but at the same time, you didn't know how many years you had there. So yeah. I wanted to get a couple of years. And I knew Jason Ball from Sydney was going to retire at the end of 05. Yep. So I tried to get there at the end of 05 when Sydney won the flag and yep. um, tried to get there in 06. And when they also almost won a flag. Well, they didn't – and my deal didn't go through. So, you yeah, know, we're not like the NRL where we no. we – if we say we're going to go somewhere, we don't go there. Yeah. People don't want you at your, that, that football club. So yeah. it was the hardest year because one, you kicked out of the leadership group. They don't really want you. I was yeah. playing all right foot in the first half, got sick uh, injured in the second half of the year. So it was a tough year. And yeah. then uh, they As did... in the
0: final year at Hawthorne? Yeah. yeah,
1: and then they did the deal and said, oh, well, you can go to Sydney in 07. Uh, and yeah, I played okay. 07, 08, but really I should have been there 06, 07, 08.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And yeah. do you think maybe that extra year at Hawthorne, obviously because you got injured at the back at like the second half of that season, um, like hindered your time at the Swans uh, sort of thing? Oh absolutely. He both. Like um you know I really enjoyed
1: my time at Hawthorne up until that kind of last yeah. year and then you know I was, uh, wasn't able to give Sydney the best of what I I thought I, I could offer yeah. because I missed out in that 06 and, and got injured at the got back injured end of that season and you yeah. know coming back and trying to get a pre-season after doing an ankle and stuff so yeah, yeah it was a it was a, a tough time and yeah. you know and plus when you towards the end of your career as well um you know you're trying to make everything work as much as you can so yeah. yeah it was it was hard but um you know thanks to the swans i was still able to get a couple of years and really
0: enjoy that yeah absolutely um and before we get into like the quick fire questions the retirement transition and all that sort of stuff the great australian doorstep how did that come about and because i still love watching it i know it's still on at the moment yeah are you on it anymore or is yeah. that sort of yeah no myself thing?
1: and my wife uh, yeah I still travel around uh, it was mainly about you know, when we finished from football, I wanted to take the kids around Australia yeah. and, um, you know, I'd never, you know, when you're travelling with footy, you're flying to a place, you catch a bus to the uh, the hotel, you stay in the hotel, you catch a bus to the game, you go back to the hotel. And then you're flying back. Flying back. You actually get to see nothing. And, yeah. um, you know, I think the best thing about driving is, drive, you know, drive to all the games and see absolutely everything, you yeah. know. And I love Australia. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take the kids around and I thought at the same time I'll film it. And put it on TV because there was no real kind of caravan camping no, there travel wasn't, shows no. for, for families. There no. were for the great uh, great Nomads. Yeah, yeah, you know, there the was. 65-year-olds. But now it's such a family industry that at the time I started, we were the only caravan and camping show.
0: Oh, I loved watching it. Yeah. I used to watch it always on Saturday, Sundays, afternoons and stuff. Yeah. It was great.
1: So, yeah, so we still do it. And, uh, yeah, that was the that was the theory behind it. And then it got, yeah, the kids had school, it got a bit too hard. So yeah. I do a lot of the travel and my wife does a lot of the travel ourselves now, but yeah, gee, we've been traveling for 12, 13 years. And there's just so many,
0: so much good stuff out there. Where's your see. favorite place that you've been so far or your oh, top three, if you can pick a top Yeah, three. I think
1: I'd have to go top three. I love yeah. it. Lady Elliot Island. If you love your snorkeling and scuba diving mm-hmm. and, and Marine life, I reckon yep. Lady Elliot Island just out of uh, off Bundaberg um, is unbelievable. Like it's. Yeah. Just amazing place. Uh, For me, I love red dust. I love getting out to the outback. Uh, Get out to the outback, go and, uh, you know, see the outback pubs, go and drive those dirt roads for four hours and, you know, see a muster and see all that kind of stuff. Uh, You know, head to places like Longreach and um, Charleville and, uh, you know, all those outback Australian towns. Aussie towns. Aussie towns. And I think the other one, I think definitely worthwhile going is just Look at some of the great festivals we have around Australia. Yeah, you got the Big Red Bash. You got the Gimpy Muster. You've got you got the Denny Ute Mustard. Denny Ute Mustard, which I absolutely love. Yeah. yeah, you've got all those fantastic, different, and there's something for everyone. You yeah, know, you got a watermelon festival. Speaking you... of
0: festivals coming up, literally no plug at all, but I live in the Tweed area. This weekend, the M- Bar Show's back. For the first time in two years. Yeah. So yeah.
1: And some of the agricultural shows, some of the country cups, where yeah, you know,
0: a whole old town will sh- will shut down.
1: Guys and girls will wear suits and and dresses for the only time in the year. <laughs> yeah. And a town will swell from three hundred to four thousand. Yeah. For a weekend. So yeah. Look, there's just so much that that's I can't really yeah, put it down to a couple, but there's a few the experiences sort of thing. No, that's Absolutely.
0: that's honestly awesome. Um. And last thing I, I get, I'm going to ask before we go into the retirement and some fun questions is, is during your time, you were during your time at St. Kilda a little bit, as you mentioned, you were regarded somewhat as a bad boy, bad guy sort of image. Um, do you think that that had an effect on you on and off the field during your time at St. Kilda?
1: Uh, oh, it, yeah, it does. But you kind of, you know, you look back now and think, what was I thinking? But I think you, anybody can look back at certain parts of their life. And uh, yeah, I was. You know, I wasn't into footy yet too much and I didn't know a lot about you know that you know, how big football was so yeah. you know I followed it on television a little bit but not a great deal peter yeah. Dacos you know was my favorite player yep. and you know, and then suddenly you are you you know, you're thrown right in the mix of it um you know you are playing AFL. you're making the papers and yep. you know you're making headlines and yeah so it was tough and you know I think the toughest time was you know when I got done for racial vilification yeah. you know no doubt um you know when you've got media camping outside your place and you know your 6-year-old daughter getting picked on at school and I mm-hmm. think uh, you don't think it also your family your mum and
0: dad and your sisters so it, that was a, a real tough personal time. Like a like a bit of a what like and I hate to use the word, but like a bit of a wake-up call for you for your career, yeah, would abso- you say? Yeah,
1: absolutely. There's a couple of moments and that that was one of them. And yep. you know, and it showed the lack of respect to I had from listening through school and yep, gotcha. and knowing a little bit about you know, knowing a lot about um you know indigenous history and and now, you know, through my travel, and that was a yep. part of why I did it as well, I've been able to go to Know, different communities and do give back and, yeah. and learn so much more about it and that's each, awesome yeah each year you know we take a whole heap of um donated footy boots and footy jumpers and and training gear out to some of these communities that's awesome through northern territory and uh, northern south australia and, and the top end of wa so you know same time, really tough time, but yep. a great experience now that I'm able to live and uh, give back. So kind of, yeah, that was that that was a real tough time at the time as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's fair enough. So let's get into some fun sort of topics. We've got some quick fire questions. First of all, who was the biggest pest at each club that you played at?
1: Oh, uh, you have to say Milne at St Kilda, yep. absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Buddy at um, Hawthorne. Hawthorne. only because you. He just it was just buddy, yep. he was just very, very happy with himself. But uh, he could be I mean, this, he... the skill he's got, he's kicked a thousand <laughs> absolutely.
0: So, and Nick Davis, yep, Nick Davis at uh, Sydney Swans. I interviewed who... Nick Davis, and he 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 I can't remember who he said he said was the biggest pest, but it definitely said it wasn't himself.
1: <laughs> oh, I know it, it was him, and he uh he would have told you how he put a medallion around everybody's neck, did he? <laughs> no, he, didn't. Oh, he reckons he won on the flag. <laughs>
0: He's a good uh, No, that's fair enough. Um, who was the most influential coach during your time as a player that sort of shaped the man you are now?
1: Oh, look, I still reckon Stan Els. Yep, Stan Elves early days. Uh, we didn't have a we had a love hate relationship, but um, yeah, I think he still got the better the best out of me. And uh, you know the things he put in place and certain uh, parts and aspects, uh, you know, I was able to learn from. So yeah, Stan Elves And then you know, I love Paul Ruse as a coach later yep. in life. Absolutely.
0: No, absolutely. That's. Goes without saying he's been said to be a great man himself. Who was the funniest teammate at each club?
1: Oh funniest. Um look I, yeah, Danny Frawley actually. Yep. Yeah, very fun. Like he was always cause he was because we used to only have one captain.
0: Yeah. So, there was no co-captains. Was nah, fine and captain.
1: whatever the captain said, we did. Yep. So come footy trip time, he'd absolutely have a ball. And he'd <laughs> he'd be joking around and laughing, but when it got time to be serious, he'd be very, very serious. So yep. he's actually a very, very big character. Always having a joke, always having a laugh, always brought the mood to the party. So look, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, Spud at uh, St. Kilda, my days at Hawthorne. Um, it was, it was the funniest there. Look, there was a, couple of funny ones but I, I still think like somebody like michael osborne you know yep. he used to be a bit of a, a bit of a laugh bit of a character you know a bit of a joke you know that you know you look at those characters like milney you don't get those every day of the week but no, um you know aussie he uh, he backed himself as a <laughs> uh, as a bit of a character and sydney sydney were a little bit more reserved than mm-hmm. uh, most most footy climbs, okay. but um, still, you'd, you'd still classify Nick Davis as, yeah, the, as, the, as, funniest, as yeah. the funny character as well. No,
0: that's fair enough. Um, and uh, one second. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, I
1: reckon you've already it. got super high. Yeah, super
0: <laughs> high. You want to be invisible, don't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Surely. I think he out of everything. Fly on the wall type. Yeah, thing. if you could be anything, you'd love to be invisible yeah. just so you can sit in the team meetings. Well, you sit yeah. in the one on ones with others and actually yeah. find out, sit in the coach's room. My mum and my mum can speak a different language. So it'd be nice to see what they're talking about, but I know how visible that's going to help. But anyway, I yeah. just think being invisible would be yeah. the go.
0: No, absolutely, it would be. Um, Apple or Android?
1: I'm Apple. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, got F- Apple everything. So the only
0: thing I don't have that's Apple is my laptop, but that's just for editing purposes. But I use iPhone, I like iPad, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so. and
1: normally when you talk Apple, it's Apple hand me down because yeah, my wife gets the first, and then she hands it down to my son, who hands it down to my daughter, who yeah. hands it down to me. So I'm fourth in line <laughs> of the Apple products. Yes. Yeah.
0: Now that that's fair enough, but hey, they're still. You know, they're going all right now, which is pretty good. Um, what's your favorite movie of all time? Shallow Hell. Great film. And that was a very quick oh, answer. You I saying, love that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Finally, somebody said a great film. It is, it is a great oh. film. But it's also, that was such a quick answer. I love that because every other guest I've asked has had to think about it. They're like, mm, you know, and... Will Schofield in particular, yeah. um, he was like, look, I'm not going to give you some sort of pointy answer like Shawshank Redemption, which was also, by the way, Dre's answer. Oh, um, yeah. But he goes, I'm not going to give you some sort of answer that like makes me seem worldly or whatever. He goes, got to go back to childhood. And his one was Major Pain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So um, I love it that you were so quick with that. And it's such a good answer because it is a good film. My favorite for the record is Saving Private Ryan. But- okay. But I, but I've been watching that since I was about, too young than I should have been. But I was about eight years old when I started watching that. But Shallow Hell is a very, very good. Oh,
1: my ambition is to put it back on the big screen, uh, on the Gold Coast, and have a showing for everybody. I just think it's that would uh, be amazing. Underrated.
0: 100% (laughs) percent it is. One hundred percent it is. And last of the fun questions is, uh, what's your beer or drink of choice? Oh, I go straight to VB. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So vitamin B, and I know all my mates hate it. Which is even, yep, which is even better because you know what? They buy it and they don't drink it. That's so, even better. It actually sits in the esky. And no one steals it. It stays there. Yep. And I know exactly how many I've drinking, how many I've drunk, how many I've got left. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's my go to. No,
0: nah, that's fair enough. I'm I'm a Great Northern, uh, oh, yeah, Great yeah. Northern fan, 4X fan, but I. I mean, it'd be sacrilege if I said I liked VB, but I've had one VB in my life and I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it either.
1: Yeah. So. Oh, look, and to be honest... um, It's an acquired taste. Anything off a tap beer...
0: I'm happy for. Oh, well, okay. you
1: can give me Carlton. You can give me Forex. You can give me Great Northern. But from the
0: bottle or the can, you go with oh, BB. It's
1: got to be a stubby, too. Yep. Not okay. a can. No. I'm a stubby fan.
0: I'm definitely, I don't like drinking out of can. Don't get me wrong. If there's a beer that I like that doesn't have a can, doesn't have a stubby option, I will go a can, but. Yeah, beer from a glass bottle or glass oh. is, is much better.
1: And you've got to put it in the freezer. Yeah.
0: When you're taking one
1: out, you put the other one back in. Mm-hmm. My grandfather actually taught yep. me a lesson about beer and he okay. was a VB man.
0: Okay.
1: He um he'd get up and he'd put his beer in the freezer mm-hmm. and said he's um uh oven alarm for two hours yep and when the oven alarm went off even though he had nothing in the oven the oven was never on yep he knew his beer was cold
0: that's exactly what i do when i get (laughs) home when i buy like a whether i buy a case of beers or i buy uh you know two or three two liter bottles of coke i whack him in the freezer for an hour and a half because then when my time is done i know it's like ice cold without going into the frozen yeah. time, you know, it, it's great. It's, it's a fine line. It, oh, it, it really is. <laughs> it's literally 10 15 minutes that you can, like, I've had times where it's blown up on yeah, me in the freezer. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I've woken up a few times and... <laughs> and that's happened. No, that's fair enough. Um, and obviously, we we're talking about um your family and your kids and whatnot. Obviously, Boston is currently in the St. Kilda program. How's he yep. tracking at the moment?
1: Yeah, look, he's he's going really well. He's going to move to Melbourne next year and uh, be a part of the system down there. Just yep. to, you know, I think father son rule in the AFL is one of the best. Father daughter, yep. father son. It's a great rule. I reckon they should make it a little bit harder. Yep. I reckon you should play 150 games with yep. a club, yep. and then that that club then gets the player for less than what they're asking at the moment. Yeah, I reckon gotcha. it's gone a little bit the other way, making it easy to get in. You're asking more on the draft table. I'd go the other way. Yep, um, only because then. That puts that little bit of a lot more history into it yeah absolutely and if you played 150 games at one club, You've done that club a fair bit over the over the years. You've yep. played there 10 nearly eight to ten years. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they should be getting it as a discounted price. And I, I love you know seeing Sylvani at you know at Carlton. I love yep. seeing, you know, Dacos boys at Collingwood and, and more, you know, at, at Collingwood. I love seeing that. And I understand with the Suns and GWS and these father sum rules, they're unable. Well, you know what? That's not our problem.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> That's not our problem. Yeah, <laughs> they
1: come into the system late. In 20 years, they'll have that opportunity whenever it is. Um, But right now you've got to award these players that were around in those days. Mm -hmm. And so my young fellow, yeah. And it was his idea. He said that I'd love to have a go. And um, you know, he's really dedicated and he gets up and trains himself and he has all the programs from, you know, the different uh, organizations and he, he loves it. And um, he said, I'd love to move to Melbourne if there's an opportunity. So we're gonna put him in Melbourne at school and give him two years. He's academically very, very well as well. So yep. definitely not like me, hundred <laughs> percent like his mother. So he'll um, he'll do schooling down there, go on the system, and in two years see if he's he's good enough. I don't think there's anything lose he can lose by going there. Exactly, gets good education, meets a lot of people, and um, gives himself a chance.
0: Oh, absolutely. So that's. That was a highly requested question when I posted to Instagram yesterday. You know, submitted so questions; they all wanted to know how's Boston going, how's Boston going. Yeah. And so, speaking to the fan submitted questions. We've got quite a few. So the first one is from Terwanda seventy nine. She asks, or he, I don't know if it's a male or female. They ask, do you see bits of yourself and your playing style in Max in Max Gorn? Yeah, interesting, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Like, I think, um, and a really good question, because, you know, when I first started, the, the Ruckman used to go and sit just in front of the full forward. Yeah. So you'd have to, you know, block the hole. And then we started, you know, myself, there was Corey McKernan, Jeff White, yep. Josh Fraser, these kind of players, uh, Sean Wren. Uh, we started becoming, you know, we the more the running Ruckman. So yeah. we could actually t- run like, it. not as good as a midfielder, but good enough to... Yeah,
0: to fill in if needed. To
1: fill in. And, uh, you know, we could play forward. We could play Ruck. And, um, you know, so you kind of look at Gorn. Um, you look at um, Grundy. Yeah. Uh, these blokes. And you think, gee... I'd love to have a crack at them. Yeah, you know, I'd love to have a go because yeah. we're similar kind of ruckman. We're all forward. We're we're running. Uh, we're mobile. We're you know kind of between the '80s and '90s was totally different ruckman. Where yeah. '90s to now is very similar. Absolutely. Yeah. You, know, you look at certain players, and they wouldn't get a game in the AFL these days. But I think there's a lot of ruckmen out there that sit there and go, you know what? I probably still would. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I see those ruckmen and think, you know what? Um, not that we brought it to it, but we did help develop or yeah, you know, there's a group you, you of You were stepping
0: stepping stones for what is now the Ruckman, such as Gorney and um, Grundy and all them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Dean Cox come along yep. and Nat Nui and these bikes. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'd love to have a we always think, you know, you'd always love yeah. to have a crack at him now.
0: Yeah, no, nah, and that's a great question, to Tawanda. I think it was to wonder. Yeah, to wonder 79. Next question is from Being and Time and Stuff. They asked, Do you support the Saints all these years later? Or do you have a yeah. different team sort of
1: thing? No, absolutely, yeah, I do. If I was uh, to you know, buy memberships and uh, yep. you know support a team, it would be – and I do, actually, I do. Yep. Yeah, I actually brought a, a seat in the uh, Danny Frawley stand and yep. uh, yeah, buy memberships every year at the St Kilda Footy Club. So, nice. yeah, I do. I support the Saints. Saying that, I still love watching individual players. Like, yep. I, I love Gary Ablett Jr. Yep. So, I would go to the footy just to watch a Gary Ablett Jr. Yeah. I would go to the footy – just to watch, you know, Buddy Franklin a few yep. years ago. So I'd go to the footy to watch certain players. Yep. But at the same time, if I put my hard money down, one I buy at the Saints because they're they're kind of that's it's a team I follow. Mm-hmm. And I buy and also sponsor one of the AFL W Sons girls. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome to hear so, that you're getting
0: behind that as well. Um, the next question is by yeah dot about dot that. They ask, where do you think the Saints will finish next year? And I think that's a ripper question given everything that's going on at the Saints and the, you know, restructure and, you know, Ross Lyon coming oh, back and whatnot.
1: It's frustrating as a Saints supporter, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, you yeah. look at uh, Brett Ratten, you think, you know, a great fella. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, same kind of – he got dealt the same cards at Carlton. Now cops it at uh, St. Kilda. But, look, I think um, – Oh, I'm not disappointed with the choice they've made. Yeah. I think Ross Lyon will absolutely straighten them up over a few years, get them straight, get them running well, get what they needed, the hard-nosed kind of coach, uh, you know, Robert Harvey and Lenny Hayes on the sideline. So, absolutely, uh, I think that's uh, a fantastic setup. Mm-hmm. But still, um, just disappointed we didn't do it before trade and we didn't have a, you know, be a bit harder in the trade period. Yeah. Saw what Collingwood and Geelong were able to do. Yep. And you sit there and look at every other club and go, How do these two clubs that finish in the top three, one winning a premiership, one finishing third or fourth, not, you know, how can
0: every other club struggle at trade time and these clubs do so well? And and to, to make your point even more poignant about that, obviously as a Collingwood fan, Collingwood finished in the bottom two the season beforehand. And yeah. I, th- I think the bottom two, bottom three the season beforehand and managed to finish in third. Obviously, that's definitely a changing in coaching as well. And oh, drafting, absolutely. But, you know, so maybe that's a little bit of hope for Saints fans for next year.
1: Yeah, there is. There is. it. But, um, you yeah, know, you still think... And, you yeah, know, Collingwood would have thought the same. I'll be probably yeah. two or three players short, but they weren't really. They were half a kick short. No, they weren't. They were probably just got off the uh, starting blocks a bit slow against Sydney in that, uh, the prelim. But, um, yeah, look, for me, yeah, I think they're stepping in the right direction. But I just... It would be nice just if they can just bring in a few more. And yeah. Don't forget, King's going to be coming back and that yeah. as well. So they've
0: got some, some still some good inclusions. Absolutely. So pre, pre-season prediction, where do you think Saints end up at the end of next year's season? Oh, look, I think it'd be a big call to say, yeah, that, there's going to be a whole heap of
1: teams between yeah. six and 10. Yeah. So they should be six and 10. If, they, yeah. if they're bottom, they're outside the 10, you'd be, You'd say, then that's a what? failure of a I season. Would, I would have said so. Anything inside the eight, you'd say okay, that's a tick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now mm. that's an awesome, uh, and I agree with that. As a non-Saints fan, I would definitely agree that, um, yeah, six to ten, and last this season in particular with Collingwood. If people had, had told me Collingwood are going to make the prelim, first of all, I would have laughed in your face, and yeah. I, and I would have said just making, bo- like between six to ten is a win. So, and I think Saints are very similar absolutely. for next season. So I agree with that. Um, And the other question we've got is from actually Tweed Coast Oztag, And they ask, what could the NRL do to improve their game day experience compared to the AFL? Because the game day experience is very lacking in comparison. And I'll agree, I've been to the Suns and I've been to a Gold Coast Titans game. It's chalk and cheese compared to game day experiences.
1: Yeah, look, unfortunately, you really can't. Mm. Um, I know the experience that... yeah you know, the AFL is awesome, but it doesn't matter how much stuff you put around the ground at NRL. this is only my opinion yeah as yeah well. of course and I'm not a, I don't follow NRL that yep. heavily, but I like you, I've been to a couple of games and even watching state of Origin. and you know it doesn't matter what you put outside the ground. No. the hardest thing with NRL compared to AFL is the fact that there's so much downtime when you know, you're you're taking your six tackles, mm-hmm. you know you're coming up you're running back, running, yep. back, running, back running. where AFL, Every two, three seconds...
0: You can look somewhere on the field and there's something going on.
1: Well, you've got a 50-50 ball. Yeah. So half the crowd, uh, oh, yeah, we've got it back. Yeah, we've got it back. Taking a mark, yeah. play on. So every kind of two or three seconds, your team's still got a chance to get the ball back. Yeah. Every probably 30 seconds, your team is getting the ball back or your team's done something well, so you're cheering. So yeah. there's no downtime, down period where... In the NRL, there's just too much stop-start. With the AFL, you've got a, a game that can seriously change in yeah. 30 seconds, and it, I mean in two seconds, and it could change 10 times in 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Where in the NRL, they drop a ball, they've got to reset, yeah. restart. You gotcha. could never get that, that same experience, unfortunately. Just
0: two different games. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'll agree with that. And it kind of rings true, the this, this saying of like, AFL is a much better product to watch live than on TV for some people, and no, sorry. yeah, yeah. Sorry, so so, so no, yeah, AFL sorry is a much better product to watch live than on TV, and NRL is a much better TV product sometimes than it is to watch yeah. live. Sort of absolutely,
1: absolutely, and you know, for those people who haven't been, you know, NRL fans haven't been to the AFL, go and check it Do out. Do it absolutely, yeah. and it's only about the atmosphere. Just pick a team; it doesn't matter who you follow. Yeah, just pick a team. You can go for the underdog, but you still find yourself. Cheering yes. at certain times of the game and turnovers and yelling at the uh, umpires. At the upliers, uh, hey, like come on! So and everyone's together. So yeah, yep. you never get that unfortunately at the NRL. But um, but you're right. It's depending what game. Like you try and exp- you try and learn AFL off the television. <laughs> yeah. You no, no, I think this don't. game's mad. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what's going on. You watch it at the ground yeah you got you can then see why everything's moving it's yeah. like a big chessboard you can see it all moving
0: absolutely and one more topic I've got before we go into the retirement type questions and uh what are your thoughts on the descent rule from this season it, towards the umpires it did my uh, head in a little bit yeah it did after I got fined five
1: thousand dollars for offering <laughs> an umpire a little bit of feedback uh, throughout my career but uh look I think um I don't Believe in abuse? Like, no, absolutely yeah, yeah. not. So abuse and all that absolutely should be taken out. I think you've got to you've got to question the umpires. Yeah, if you can say why
0: was that, and yeah. then the re- an umpire is going descent. It's like I asked
1: why. Yeah, you've got to be able to ask the question why. Um, I know what they want to do because, especially in local f- footy, they want to get more referees and be mm-hmm. able to. You know and yeah. you, know, you don't want even under nines and tens, you know, showing descent towards an umpire. No, of no, course. you don't. So. I understand, but when you're playing top level, you've got to have some re- not reward, but you've got to have some outlet to be able to question. Yeah, you know, exactly what you've done and yeah. why and how, and it's no different when you, you know, step off the mark these days. And so, yeah, look, I didn't like it. I think they they changed it quick enough, so that was good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's just a fine line between what looks like abuse compared to, and and to be honest, I like the umpires when they actually, yeah. You know, tell you they communicate with you yeah say look spider shut up (laughs) you you weren't right yeah have a look at the screen if you want but you know this is this is what i saw this is what i'm doing
0: yeah i don't mind yeah no well i'd rather be or or, you know have a referee or umpire that's communicating why rather than just blowing a whistle and not telling you because that's just confusing the whole field yeah of players now on to retirement questions um what was it like for you a post retirement you know and that sort of transition um, into retirement after footy.
1: Yeah, interesting. I've always said those people that are doing something during football mm. actually walk out of footy a lot better. Yep. So as much as we take the Mickey out of them and ask them why they're studying and you know, they're on the planes going somewhere and they're studying and we take the take it, take it them they uh they've been the successful ones after footy. So yeah, you know, I was lucky enough to um, you know, be in the media, be able to do a little bit of media before I finished and Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoy it. So I was able to continue on. So it wasn't – my transition wasn't too hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I went into, you know, doing my TV show. Always thought I was going to have that year off. Didn't really know what I was going to do. And then, you know, lucky enough to get a radio gig. But, um. yeah, look, I, my transition was quite easy compared to a, a lot of others. Yeah. But saying that, I still put a lot of time and effort into it while I was playing. You know, yep. I wouldn't go to a functions without being prepared in case I was asked to get up there and talk. Yeah. If I went to – do a TV show or whatever. I'd do a lot of preparation to make sure I didn't sound or look stupid, even though sometimes I did, but that was, you know, that's, I, I actually worked at it to make yeah. sure that if it was ever going to be an option, I was able to get going to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, and I've got two more questions for you. First of all, what's next for Spider Everett?
1: Yeah, good question. I don't really know. I, I love the radio. I'll do it for a few more years, yep. uh, hopefully, until the, my fob doesn't work to get into work. And then I go, okay, they don't need me anymore. But, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think at the moment, just waiting to see what happens with with Boston. Um, yep. You know, a couple of years down there, if he makes a list, if he doesn't make a list, what he does if he does, what he does does if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my daughters are down in Melbourne, so it'd be great to see them a lot more, and my granddaughter as well, so that'd be fantastic. But, you know, I still want to travel and do a little bit of work overseas, you Yep. certain areas um i love traveling i love experience different cultures and and trying to learn a little bit more so yeah Speaking i think of
0: other countries sorry to interrupt do you follow any other sports outside of australia
1: oh look follow a little bit of baseball every now and then um, you now i remember when i was over in south sudan i uh, got into the soccer yep um yeah you know, I, I enjoy all sports i love baseball um, you know, a lot of people don't like it, think it's a bit slow, but you know, I enjoy, I enjoy baseball, I love tennis. Yep. Um, so there's a, yeah, there's a few sports, um, even golf, I watch a little bit of golf. Yeah, nice. um, so yeah, there's a couple of things that I'd like to do when I finish uh, radio, but mainly would be traveling and trying, I don't know what I'll do, but <laughs> try
0: and find a job overseas. Yeah, fair. Doing something. Yeah, nice. And I just thought of another question before the, the last one, which is if you hadn't have made it in the AFL or hadn't have had an AFL career, what path do you think your life would have taken you? know, Like what sort of sport or what sort of job or career would you have done? I actually signed up to go to the army. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I signed up to go to the army
1: to do an electrical uh, electrician apprenticeship. Yep. I thought if I had, I think you had to sign up, do four years and give them three years or something. So yep. I would have got out when I was, you know, 26, 25, 20. 26, yep. and uh, been a qualified electrician. Yeah, nice. And then outside of that, probably in jail. I don't know. <laughs> I could have been anyway. I don't know, no, well, to be honest. Well, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, I wasn't that great at school. So, yeah. but I did sign up to go to the army. Mum wanted said, look, you got to do something. And that was yeah. probably going
0: to be my go-to. Yeah, no, that's fair. Well, I mean, it's a guaranteed job in, yeah. in the military. So. And
1: good discipline as well, Yeah, which I, which I needed a little bit at that time
0: <laughs> <laughs> no that's fair enough uh, okay and last question i've got for you finally which is what question do you have for our next guest which i don't know who the next guest is because i've got i know it's an afl guest i've just got to schedule them okay um my one would
1: be and i like uh you know how you've done all those all those questions but if there was one side outside of the club you played for mm mm-hmm. Who would you want to play for and why?
0: Okay. And first of all, same question for you because that's a great question.
1: Yeah. Uh, would it have been Collingwood? Yeah, look, and I think Dane Swan makes a really good point. Um, yep. you know, I don't know if you've ever interviewed Dane Swan. Not yet, no. Yeah. Um, he said, look, I'm Dane Swan. You actually get his playing cards. You look at his <laughs> playing cards. He hasn't got a tattoo. His first no. one. Yeah. And by the end of it, he's full of tattoos. Yeah, full of them, yeah. So, interesting. But he said, if he'd played for North Melbourne, do you think you'd be sitting up here doing 10 lunches in a week? He (laughs) said, no, he said, it's only because I played at Collingwood. Yeah. That people know me. Yep. So really interesting. The fact that, you know, that, that Collingwood army, that, um, you know, just the, the hype and just the, the stigma around Collingwood. Yeah. They, they love you or hate you. Yep. But you know what? They they make a lot of players as well. So, for me, Collingwood.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I would have happily have se- loved to have seen you at Collingwood as a kid growing up. I, there are, obviously, as I'm sure you're well aware, when you watch footy growing up, you have your team, you follow your team, but there's also a few, you know, handful of players that, even though they don't play for your team, they captivate you, and you love watching them on the yeah. field. For me in AFL, it was Aaron Sandilands, because he was just a freakishly tall, oh, and it was Spider Everett watching it on the... Because I just loved the nickname hearing it on TV, and I just loved watching you playing AFL. Yeah. So thank you very much for coming on the show.
1: No, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. It was uh great. Thank you. No, thank you.